0: Oh, hi there. Hello, Hey now. Hola. And ba weep, grana weep, bong. However you want to say it. Welcome to that Kev One show. Talking about my Kevoration. <laughs> That's you guys, the Kevoration. <laughs> sounds better than the Kevnation, right? It sounds kind of ridiculous. And, yeah. But um, thanks again, guys, for joining us on episode 11, I believe, on my calculations of that Kev1 show. And whichever, whichever spot you're in, whatever issue you've read, back issues, front issues, maybe you're reading this trade paperback edition, so to speak, or maybe you're uh, listening in in order. If you're a super fan, and I love you guys all. <laughs> Dyslexic speaking or not, I love you guys all. I'm going to keep it that way. That's the way of saying it. I love you guys all. Not I love you all. But I love you guys all. <laughs> well, friends, you're in for a treat because tonight and with a heart out before they hit the road, and I've explained to my award winning guests that I might have to cut to this musical act, um toward the tail end of our interview, and maybe it'll time up just perfectly. But uh tonight I will proudly present Thompson Town Flowers featuring King Sis, brought to you in part by T Mobile, a new sponsor, thanks, T Mobile the Uncarrier. Well, guys, it is gonna be one heck of a oh, hold on, I'm just getting this. Ooh. Um, well, before our first guest, um, man, it's with a heavy heart that I must report the passing of comic legend. Uh, I knew his comic work. I'm not a big comic geek, um, but they just uh, passed this to me. So, um, A lot of you guys probably know him. But a lot of you guys, everyone knows his work from uh, some of his stuff became, becoming way more popular at the MCU. Um, but comics legend, award-winning artist and writer, Keith Geffen has passed. He created Lobo and Rocket Raccoon. That's the guy that I was referring to. Even if you're not super comic savvy, if you didn't grow up on comics before, they were cool like a lot of us. Um, You know Rocket Raccoon from, of course, um, the character voiced by Bradley Cooper in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I still have my first issue of The Heckler. That's how much of a comic geek I am and how much I love uh, Geffen's work. Um, He did extensive work on the Legion of Superheroes, I know off the top of my head. I know he worked mostly with uh, DC... Um, at least his, his name was really made with DC. I know that. Um, so some super duper hardcore comic geek might hit me up saying, mm, "Actually, he was instrumental in. <laughs> he probably was. not sure he was. <laughs> he was legendary." Um, but yeah, he had a great sense of humor. He invigorated a lot of. Uh, no, I don't know if I'd say stale characters. Some might, but uh, with a uh, with with a lot of panache and a lot of humanity. Like um, Blue Beetle. I think I think uh, Ted Kord's Blue Beetle didn't have a gut until uh, he he did it with just league international just League europe uh under keith um but yeah uh wow yeah um he i know he at least co created i won't just say created uh but he i know he, he may he may have but i know he at least co created uh the newest version of blue beetle that headlined his own major you know motion picture this summer last summer um and he was instrumental in, in like the the friendship between like Blue Beetle and Ted Cord. Um, sorry, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. Ted Cord is Blue Beetle's real name. Like you know, a lot of comic geeks know that. <laughs> but um, I knew they were gonna make a a major motion picture off that called uh, Blue and Gold for a while. That might have been back when Smallville was a thing. You know, on the air, still a thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, he's also behind the the infamous uh, One Punch Batman Guy Gardner moment that got a lot of memes. Whew. So friends, Google his work. Uh, you'll be like, oh yeah, he did this, and yeah, and man, Whew. wow. Um, he will be missed, but the fact that he's touched pop culture to its core um, cannot be denied. <laughs> We'll be right back after this What's better than your favorite talk show? Well, maybe homemade delicious food, cold beer, or a drink of your choosing, in a comfortable atmosphere. Well, look no further than the Boulevard Tap House. For the world-famous fish and chips, seafood, all-around delicious menu with pizza, all kinds of food wings, steak bites. Anything you can imagine, we want to watch the big game or catch some live jazz, we pick the right night. Open 7 days a week. Go to boulevardtaphouse.com right now. I like to go to their Terwilliger Curve location. That's the uh the uh home location for their not only their fish and chips, and they knew that they always used to give me uh, um Caesar Caesar chicken salad and wine. Um, they kind of made jokes and made fun of me. That my favorite food there now might just be the brand new Mark Kevin That's a margarita pizza named after me. <laughs> Don't know if they did it because I'm Italian or what, but I had it and it is delicious and uh, dare I say nutritious. Anyway, friends, go on in, have a great time. When you're there, you truly are family. No cap. Enjoy the Boulevard Taphouse House today. And welcome back to that Kev1 show. My next guest is a friend of mine, but also, perhaps more importantly to you guys, as you'll learn, he's an award-winning screenplay writer, my friend, friend of the show, friend of film, Joel Maha. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks. Yeah, good to to hear from you again. Uh, It's been a while since we've uh, worked together.
0: It's been a little bit, little bit, little bit. From uh, our award-winning turn on the Guignol Fest award-winning Pumpkins Attack, your brainchild... And Pumpkin's Attack 2,
1: Pumpkin's Attack still
0: attacking. Yeah, still attacking. Is there going to be a third one, do you think?
1: Uh, <laughs> probably not. Uh, well, I should clarify.
0: Um, <laughs> the the director of part one and two. Um, the great Mike Gould, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, who, who actually I was just working with him on another film race.
0: Ooh. Uh, it's, on,
1: it's on the YouTube channel. Um, it's called Live Wire. Uh, I recommend you check it out. That was a 48-hour film race. Um, oh, he really? is, uh, he we, we talked about it. He said that's probably going to be the last of uh, the film races. And then he did another one, so who knows. Uh, but we did make a joke about, uh, about there not being a part three in part
0: two. Yeah, um, even in the trailer, a lot, a lot of fans might recall, even in the trailer, there's the, the joke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah where where my wife character from the first film is running out the door surviving again saying, I'm not doing this again or something like that, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> something to that effect. Whoa, you did another 48-hour film race, huh? Yeah, um, that was, that was interesting. I get
2: a, I get a message one day from, uh, from Mike and then, uh, uh, he's like, hey, can you help
1: out on this thing? I'm like, yeah, totally. I uh, ended up, uh, I only did sound on that one. I was uh, i was co-writer on the other ones, but I did sound on this one. Um, and it was a 48-hour film race, which basically
2: means we only have 24 hours to actually film the thing. We mm-hmm. were, uh, we were um, filming, and then the next day is all
1: editing, rendering, doing that out. And that screen, that was part of the uh, direct-to-video Film
0: festival, um, run by uh, Movie Madness, the uh, oh, video wow. store, famous video store. In yeah, Portland. yeah, very famous in Portland, maybe worldwide to a lot of the film community because it's also like a film museum. Yeah, yeah, like
1: eighty or ninety thousand
0: titles. Like I saw so uh, many rare yeah. films. I saw the um, the first Roger Corman Fantastic Four film, which I don't know. Maybe that's illegal that I saw that even. Maybe, but <laughs> but I mean, it was like a rough cut. They have so many rough cut films uh, that are like undistributed anywhere else you have to put like a hundred dollars down for example to rent and then mm-hmm. regular more popular films as well that you can just rent with a membership
1: <laughs> yeah all kinds of, I mean it, the, the screening was in Movie Madness's uh, miniplex. plex uh, the little, little mini theater they have a, yeah it was great so you walk in and as I'm walking by I see all these incredible rare movies I'm like wait no like, can we spend more time here wow. <laughs> uh, Actually, in uh, in LifeWire, the short uh, that we just did, um, there is a cameo of uh, a nice little... Is it, is it not to um, Punk's Attack? There's a, a, little, a little cameo uh, in the audio, if you will listen. It's uh, in the first uh, 15 seconds
0: uh, or so. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: um, yeah, uh, so film races, uh, you are obviously part of that because we did mm-hmm. the whole Pumpkins Attack saga together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, that's a whole thing.
0: Yeah. Did I, was... I ever...
1: <laughs> did I ever tell you how
0: Pumpkins Attack started? No, I was going to ask about that, of course. That's one of my questions. Yeah, tell me how. Because okay. I know for a while, because when... we know each other for a few years at least, you were saying you want to do a Pumpkins themed horror film for a while or a series, right? So I remember that. It, it, it hit.
1: Okay, ho- I- well, I should clarify. So, Pumpkin's Attack, for anyone who hasn't watched the short, definitely go do this. on uh, YouTube under the Holy Sheet Productions uh, channel. I'm sure i will have a link or whatever. Yeah. But, um, uh, there's an alien spaceship crash lands. The fuel <laughs> leaks out and mutates a bunch of pumpkins that come to life and start attacking people. That's, that's the premise of, of that. Mm-hmm. What people wouldn't know is that I've actually been working on a story like this for a solid year before um, this happened. What uh, I, I wanted to do a, um, a parody trailer of, um, of a movie of the week type movie from the 80s. <laughs> and I wanted to be kind of very over the top, and the idea that it was—we were just kind of filming the scenes for the trailer. And in the trailer version, it was uh, just a, a couple scenes here and there. And the joke was that we have like
0: thirty-year-old actors pretending to be teenagers because uh, yeah. it's supposed to be a cheap '80s movie. As is the way, and, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and and the you know um,
1: the the pumpkin monsters come to life and start attacking people, and and there's a cheesy love story or whatever. So I wrote this like two page little little short, and I ended up li- liking the idea so much. I wrote um, a, a whole feature about the idea of pumpkin monsters coming to life in the in the in the full version of it. It's a uh, there's a comet that has a bunch of space dust that makes a bunch of pumpkins come to life and start attacking people or whatever. Oh, no. um, and then when the 72-hour film race came up,
0: um, <laughs> the, the prop we had to use was a pumpkin. And it's like, oh, perfect. Oh God, I already yeah. have this idea. Schismet, Let's yeah. Let's
1: work on that. And that became Pumpkin's Attack.
0: Wow. What are the odds?
1: Uh, and then Pumpkin's attack Still Attacking was kind of the same thing. We, we were uh, given the theme of environmental. It's like, oh, great, we already used, like, radiation stuff in the last one. And we have all those props lying around and a bunch of the same cast. Let's, uh, let's make a thing. And so we made a sequel.
0: Kind of almost like a layup, yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and uh, I think the production on the second one was a lot, one, a lot smoother, and two, just... A whole lot more production value. We had uh, better. Well, when we had a crew at all,
0: um, mm. and we had a makeup artist, um,
1: Trish Kelly. Great
0: work. Yeah, she uh, was working on, on a bunch of stuff that, during that race. Yeah, Cover, covered covered me in blood.
1: <laughs> yeah, I want that shot because that went on for like two minutes yeah <laughs> something happens and, and you're you know, covered in blood uh, a, a knife sticking on
0: the top of my head and blood just pouring uh, out pouring out
1: and, except there was we, we didn't have any way to stop it and so it just <laughs> kept going and, and you were great because you just kept acting
2: like, oh that is normal just, <laughs> yeah. just, just, just like two minutes of, of blood coming down because no one figured out how to, how
1: to stop the blood
0: a lot of yes and yeah <laughs> Yeah, I still have blood hey. on those Converse, and so I, and I still wear those on occasion, so it's like, oh, cool! I'm wearing these now. Movie props. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah. I, I like to keep my uh, my movie props. I have. Um, I mean, there was a, a short film that we had all the footage for, but ended up not being able to edit it or whatever. Well, there's a prop that we used in the background for a couple shots. Couple shots. Let me try that again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just beer, beer. And is now a uh, a background prop you'll see in a lot of uh, of holy sheep production and films. Okay, very um, awesome. It's just
0: a, a fake label that was put over uh, cans of, of other things, and uh, it's now shows up in the background. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you've always been like a prop master. It's one of the things I like like love about you is the, your ingenuity. Like, we were doing that project, um, Volunteer 36, I want to say, maybe, and you made that Mm -hmm. amazing, like, gun, it was almost like a Tim Burton-esque sci-fi gun or something.
1: Uh, yeah, I, I like doing prop type stuff, I've never made anything super big, although I, uh, so Volunteer 36 was, was, (laughs) we've tried to do it a couple times, it's a sci-fi thing, takes place in the woods, and he has a, a sci-fi gun, so that was, um, a modified, uh, uh, like Nerf gun or something that I, I spent time taking it apart and, and repainting and all that, uh, put it in, in extra lights and whatever. But then there's other things like um, in in Pump's Attack Two, the the rad pop soda. Yeah. I had to do sure for radiation. Yeah, what was that?
0: Sure for radiation. It's kind of glowing. It's almost kind of a funny. Yeah,
1: it's it's a fake radioactive soda, yeah. but we didn't because it's you so cartoonishly so glowing. Yeah. Yeah, we came up with the idea that how to make a, a fake uh, label for it, how to print that out and to throw that on a uh, bottle, I think it was Mountain Dew or
0: something. Very Yeah, oh, yeah, that huge cast and everything, that was so great. We had fake labels on that stuff too, with the Rad Pop and... What was the name of the radiation company again?
1: It, it was it was like Radco or something, That's it was just a... meant to be like really over the top.
0: Any tips for, like, you know, filmmakers, I mean, independent ones especially, for making, like, special effects on a budget, you know? Like the gun. Uh,
1: so, watch tutorials. Watch, mm-hmm. especially older tutorials, like, um... Uh, Mogul's Backyard Effects. Uh, it was, like, 200 episodes. Uh, they canceled a long time ago. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, back, back in, like, 2010. Uh, but they, their, their whole thing was, um... Uh, hey, the Hollywood movie is making this prop, or, or this prop is going to be featured, or whatever. In this movie, they spend a ton of money on this. We're going to do it for twenty dollars, and they they show all of that. There's um, William Shakespeare makes a lot of stuff out of uh, foam. Um, it, uh, you know, just just go, cosplayers follow cosplayers online. Uh, they they make props all the time. Uh, if you can, if you know someone with a three D printer, get it of, like 3d model making and, uh, and and learning how to source things and modify things because if you have someone with 3d printer a lot of props can be replicated with that hmm. finding other things and repainting them um, mo- you know changing changing just enough uh, to make it look good and actually when it comes to to filmmaking if I was to get to give advice of uh, to someone just starting out if you're like in middle school or high school uh, just go out and and use your cell phone. And use free software, free apps, whatever, and just make stuff. It doesn't have to be big or flashy. It doesn't like you don't don't worry about special effects. Don't worry about things like that. Just have that like seventy-two hour film race mentality of just run and gun, make something uh, because you will you will hone your skills much more in that uh, with that mentality than you will fine crafting things and spending years doing that and not producing anything. If if you're just starting out, um once you once once you have uh, built up you know your your audience or whatever, then then yeah, you you can get better, but if you're just starting out, just just have fun.
0: Yeah, that's really great advice. It's like man, it's like I remember um I can't remember what awards show was, that the Quentin Tarantino said just go out and just make your film. Don't wait. Just just make it now, whatever it takes. Mhm man with all the technology today i mean i mean we're still doing it we're doing it we're grinding we're killing it but like um if i was man if we had all this tech if we had smartphones like this when i was like a, a tween or a very young teenager i would have i don't know i'd have countless films under my belt you know right now <laughs> countless shorts you know yeah, yeah that's um uh, i was reading um rebel
1: without a yes uh it's his um it's his journal entries from when he was making El Mariachi. And mm. in the introduction to it, he talks about, when like, he was a kid. He had a VHS camera. And uh, because of the, at, back in those days, you the easiest way to edit without getting many thousands of dollars worth of, of equipment was to take two VCRs. And you had all your footage on one tape. And you had a blank tape. And you had to scroll through your footage by, by manually rewinding on one VCR, then hit record on the other. And because of that, uh, he had to learn how to plan all of his shots ahead of time so that it wouldn't uh, screw up the tape if he uh, went to the wrong thing. So he had to plan all that ahead of time. Well, that built up his his skill. Hmm. Um, And so what I'm saying is, like, we have so many more tools than back then. Just just go out and make something. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, find, find film races. If you're in a bigger town, there's there's going to be a film race somewhere around you. Uh, a lot of them can be done even digitally. Uh, as, as
0: in, like, uh, like virtually, you can, you can submit. Even mm, if you're not a of town. Local. Oh, cool. Like we, like, we can submit to the Boston Film Festival. Or, say, if you're here in Portland, you could submit to L.A. still, or New York, or Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Facebook groups. That's
2: Go to Facebook advice.
1: Or, yeah, or, or uh, you know, connect with other people on, on other social media that's... Uh, I, I, I say I Facebook
2: groups And I, I feel old I know <laughs> uh, On the
0: Facebook Yeah it's crazy It's like I've lived in LA And acted there I've acted here in Portland And all over But like it's like Man Everywhere It's But you don't have to be In Hollywood anymore You know Or Atlanta Or anything like that It's insane Mhm. Yeah when
1: I um, Because I, I, I live in Portland now mm-hmm. And when I moved up Into Portland From my small town I had the goal of because uh, I had been self taught in uh, cause I I'm mostly a writer I'm, I'm doing I used to do more prose like novel stuff but I'm doing a lot of screenplays now and anyway so when I was in my small town I was doing a lot of self taught things and I was studying uh, the craft through you know YouTube videos um, through through other
2: books uh, like Save the Cat and such. Um so anyway I move up into Portland
1: to go to film school and the Big, the the most important lesson I learned uh, while I was at film school is that for the price of a class, I can buy a camera and just learn things on my own.
0: Hmm. Baptism by fire. You
1: know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was saying, class. I was, you know, a thousand dollars for for one class, like minimum. It may have been more than that, but. You know, it's like, oh, well, for that, for, the, for what I'm learning in there, because a lot of, a lot of film school, um, except for the hands-on stuff, obviously, but a lot of film school is, um, oh, video analysis. Well, just watch movie reviews. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is uh, um, uh, shot composition. Well, again, YouTube, like, so much of it should be learned outside um, and just, just by studying things like that.
0: Uh, and so, I, I recommend learning on your own and then getting with people. Hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. It's kind of like they say, those who can't do teach, and you're just teaching yourself, you know? Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hm.
1: That way I can't do and I'm learning.
0: Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You're doing your. Oh, wow. And yeah, a lot of these, like, 40 hour film festivals, 72 hour film festivals, it really shows. I like that it, like. Kind of politely tells people, you know, yeah, the, you're you're meant for it. You're not. You're, you know, because I've been on so many teams, and most of them, thankfully, like Holy Sheet Productions, the one we did the Pumpkins films with, know what they're doing. Everyone should be there. You know, what I mean, like, because it's like it's so difficult. Like you, like you said, say it's 48, say it's 72. It's really like 12 hours to film because you got to plan, you got to edit, you got to post-produce. If you really want a movie of any merit, let alone award-winning-worthy. Uh, you know, you gotta have your shit down, you know, it's gonna be, it's really proves your metal as a real filmmaker, who, you know, everyone who should be there, really, it really shoots you.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And when, when it is a 48 hour, or 72 hour, or whatever, it's this mm-hmm. real time crunchy thing, you don't have as much time to prepare, and uh, mm-hmm. you don't have as much time to think about things as much, so it really levels the playing field, mm-hmm. because you can't, you know, uh, find outside sources to make your thing artificially better. It's like, oh I can't rent
2: out a you know, huge camera
1: and gear and get, you know, so so much to to go on to to make it artificially better in that way. And when when you're in a room and everyone knows like, oh yeah, we did this over the weekend. Everyone understands if it looks weird if, it, if yeah. it's not
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah if the strings are still there in the first cut in the first <laughs> mm-hmm. period yeah no totally uh,
1: yeah watching the 48 hour film festival there was one short um i wish i could remember what it was called um but it was it was definitely filmed with like three different cameras and mm. at least one seemed much older because it was a. Uh, it looked like it was a vhs
0: oh. maybe i'm uh-huh. like oh that's neat
1: uh, and then there was like cell phone footage mixed together, it was cool, see it worked with the, it was a really weird story, so it worked in the, uh, the story that was being told
2: um, well, but knowing that it was done in, in two days really yeah. means like
0: I'm not judging the yeah, no, yeah.
1: yeah, I'm not judging on like the technical stuff, I'm judging on the story that was told, I'm judging on on what got done, it's, there's some really ambitious projects that were done um, and it's always cool to see something that actually is good quality done in three days or two mm-hmm. days or whatever.
0: Yeah. No, most of it. And, like, for any of you out there, any fans who are listening that uh, don't quite know 100% what we're talking about, like, uh, we sl- spl- explained it pretty well, but um, I want to really put on the – really make it known that you can't cheat. You really – you really do it in 48 hours, 24 hours, because they give you stuff like a prop that has to be in it, a line of, line of dialogue that has to be in it, a subject matter. Like Joel mentioned, the pumpkin had to be in the one film and environmentalism in the other. So it's not like something someone worked on for like, oh, it's my old project I had and half of it's made. It's like, no, it's all made in that time frame. Yeah, yeah and,
1: and they do make sure you can't cheat because there are things like, uh, it's usually there's a theme, a prop, a mm-hmm. line of dialogue. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or a character name or, uh, you know, whatever it is, um, mm-hmm. has to be included, and it's given to you the night before. You, yeah. you aren't able to really pre-plan anything. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, I'm, I'm so thankful for that as an actor and just a filmmaker because, like, it, it's it's made other projects, like, more big-budget stuff, like I did Little Wing here. Like, um a lot of stuff, like doing Operation Repo in L.A., when you're on in a, a regular, you know, quote, regular setting, quote, with, you know, a, a bare budget, whatever, mind you, another production company running it, it makes it so much easier. It's like, instead of being the captain of this ship that's on fire that you're trying to wing it past the finish line, it's like, oh, it makes anything way easier, <laughs> it feels like, you know? Like, oh, okay.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, a, a film race bizarre combination
2: mm-hmm. of,
1: um of uh, The stress of uh, doing something in such a small amount of time. Actually, there's there's a video of me online furiously typing the Pumpkins Attack script um, as I as I'm
2: you know just type, typing away trying to get something funny on this page.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, but there there because it's, it's like yeah, there's that stress. You have to do something, everything very fast. But at the same time, it's it's relaxed in a weird way because um, because because then you know okay it's just a three day
2: thing don't worry about making it perfect that was said oh, yeah. a lot on the the 48 hour film race that we just did uh-huh. it, you
1: know it was like oh go on get this shot make it look cool um it's like and we just no it's it's 48 hour it, you know 48 hours we're just gonna say 48 hours uh ended up being really good but we, we it was really
2: ambitious mm-hmm. um even if we
1: didn't get absolutely everything we wanted it was mostly
2: there we didn't worry about having
1: the most realistic looking props. Uh, there's a lot of just random junk being used as as sci-fi stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But it told the the right story um, because you understand what's supposed to be happening. And in the context of this was done in an afternoon, basically. Yeah. Uh, and and everyone knows that it's like yeah, and because everyone knows where the limitations were. The. By, by clearing that all away, you are just showing the individual skills of the, the people, or, or I suppose it's the collective skills of many people working on set, but you can tell the, the teams, you're, you're getting rid of, of all the extra stuff, because you, 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 it's not a big Hollywood movie where you have a huge budget for special effects, mm-hmm. uh, and then forget about storytelling, it's just storytelling, mm-hmm. it's what's the best story you can tell in 48 hours, or, twi- or you know, 72 hours, or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. I still, am not a million percent sure how we did the pumpkins. A uh, billion percent. I almost don't want to know because I just love watching it. They're so realistic. These ju- <laughs> jumping pumpkins, chomping, and oh my god, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: another another piece of advice because
0: because a lot of those techniques mm-hmm. when you don't have a budget, research old movies like old, old older movies. They're not I'm not saying go back all the way to the to the twenties, but um,
1: yeah, yeah, well if you. <laughs> It's, it's like the vocational ancestry. If you're in a creative or artistic field, you should know how things were done before you had the modern technology to do it, um, because by, by knowing how things used to be done when you didn't have the modern technology, you can, you, you can figure things out if you know you can't get this done as an effect. We had pumpkins rolling around and attacking people,
2: um, done all practically. Yeah, uh, well. because we didn't have time to get 3D models of, of everything and, and so that was a lot of um, it was reverse
1: photography mm-hmm. which, you know, back in the day was a big process, I suppose today you hit reverse footage mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, we had things like that and we had shadows and we had puppets and we had uh, I don't think any actual strings were used that I, uh, I, I, I know, recall but,
0: yeah <laughs>
1: uh, You would be surprised how how often something is just a thing on a string.
0: Because we had a lot of pumpkin wranglers, and I remember that was one of the credits was pumpkin wranglers, so yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we all got uh, pumpkin wrangler credits, anyone who uh, Mm. who did that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I really liked that with uh, you and Holy Sheep Productions on the Pumpkin series. Um, I did a 40-hour film festival, I think it was just called the 40-hour film festival, where we were in Best Of with this film called Focus. And you've just uh, did a new one with, I believe you said Livewire, which was successful. Do you have any horror stories from film sets? It uh, doesn't have to be forty dollars film festival ones, but those probably oh, uh, bring a bunch. <laughs> uh,
2: it's not
1: one I... <laughs> it's If you ever Excuse finds you? me. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was. I was. Um, I've done a little bit of acting. I was, um, I was actually acting a Holy Sheet thing. A couple months ago. This was right around Christmas. Instead of doing a Christmas short, we did this other little, little goofy comedy thing because we couldn't get a Christmas one uh, Mm. done in time. But, um, I've done some acting. Um, my first acting credit, if you go to my, my tiny IMDb page, I don't even think it has my picture, um, is, is a little horror film, uh, called Get Gone, where I didn't know, who was in the cast? Like I,
0: I knew their names, but I did not know who they were. I, was, I didn't. Uh, was or this or, that? Or, was this that hillbilly kind of movie you were doing? Oh, that you yeah, told me well, about uh, when, we yeah, just, when we first met. When we first met, you were working on that, weren't you?
1: Yeah, they're a team of, of hoax busters. So they like dispro- they they prove like, oh no, this isn't a ghost. This is uh, you know a thing on a string. You know, is that as a mm-hmm. team building exercise, they go to this uh, to the woods to this little like corporate retreat type thing, uh, where they're attacked by mutant rednecks.
0: That's right.
1: I play the youngest brother called Pug. Um, this was directed by
2: um, uh, Michael Daniel. Who uh, sadly uh, passed away. He had uh,
0: mm.
1: uh, cancer. Actually, his story is actually much better than the movie itself uh, mm. because he was filming a movie he really wanted to do with cancer. Like mm. he, he had cancer while filming. Oh, it's it's mm. great. Um, it, like that's that's motivation enough. Um, anyway, uh, so we're filming, and this is people are throwing around names. Oh, yeah, this is so and so. This is so and so, and. I don't think to look up any of these people on IMDB, so I'm just hanging out and talking. to did not know who uh, Lynn Shea was at the time. <laughs> um, turns out she's a horror movie legend.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you should have Googled her. Uh, but the other uh, big one was when uh, I walk into uh, to makeup, and, and there's this other guy getting getting makeup done. Uh, his, his name was uh his his Weston, um, and I
0: don't I don't even know if I should tell the story. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. I, we, we really want to hear it now. <laughs>
1: I so I, I walk in, and for whatever reason, they're talking about uh, Nicholas Cage, and I'm I'm joking like, oh yeah, I heard Nicolas Cage just like whatever movie they throw at him because he has a bunch of like uh I don't know, tax debts or gambling debts. Or whatever, whatever the internet rumor was, and anyway, I find out a year later at the premiere that that's uh that's uh, uh, Weston Cage Coppola.
0: Whoa.
1: Uh, Nicholas Cage's son.
0: His son? Whoa.
1: <laughs> I, he, he looks nothing like Nick Cage, in my defense. In my other defense, I don't think I had a signal to go online to look up. Uh, because we were, we were filming kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's like a really small town. Anyway, so he doesn't like me. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's hilarious. Well, was there a moment? Did he he reveal it right then? Or how did that come up? That's my dad. Or what? So, here's the thing. Wow. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Here's here's the thing. Uh, I I was only working, because I I had a pretty small role. I was on set for five days. They had already been filming almost two weeks, so they all knew each other. I come in on the set um, real late. And so... They, they happened to mention something about Nick Cage, and I made that joke. Um, and I knew that we had... Because uh, there was Weston, and there was... I would, I would have to look it up. I, I forget the other guy's name. But there was another guy, and I knew that they were, like, cousins
2: or great
1: nephews. Or, there's some, some relation to uh, Francis Ford Copeland. Mm-hmm. Did not put that together okay. at the time and it, oh. and it literally wasn't until almost a year later um when uh the director was at a local screening and mentioned that Weston was uh okay. they the son. just like oh this makes so much more dad explains the
0: glare <laughs> oh my god after the glare was there any speaking or no Was it just like no, nope, oh, we, we, we to work together yeah. We were,
1: we were in the makeup chairs next to
0: each other. Was, uh, was his, he even with the cold show on? On Oh my god. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I almost gotta look him up, because, wow, he doesn't look like McCabe, though, huh? He said. Uh, not really. Well, well, what would you know, maybe, <laughs> but not really, or what? or... Uh,
2: I mean,
1: maybe uh, you, like, we were, um, I think he was already partially in, in uh, makeup, and so, so mm-hmm. that was my introduction to him, was him in this white, like, zombie-like makeup, and so I, I wouldn't have recognized him anyway. But I also didn't mm-hmm. recognize Lynn Shay, and now I'm watching all these older horror movies, and I'm like, oh, hey, I know Spring her. Spring
0: Queen, right? Uh, uh,
1: she, she was, like, the teacher in, uh, she does a lot of character like, roles, so she was the mm-hmm. teacher in uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh, okay. uh, she was
1: in. She was like the mom in Critters. She's been in a ton of stuff.
0: See, I gotta look that up, I guess. I did, for my credit, I did know that Nicolas Cage is a Coppola. So I know has what I yeah, need. Did he <laughs> change his name because he liked Luke Cage? He's a big comic fan.
1: Yeah, he like uh, has like a couple Marvel tattoos, I think.
0: Maybe. Does he? Yeah, oh, I, I believe him. See,
1: the, the thing is, I knew the Luke Cage thing, too. Um, yeah. Which, for some reason, I thought was, a, again, a good idea to mention on set. Oh, God, what? Not realizing who I was oh,
0: talking to. Yeah. I mean, what, did you mention it in a weird light or something? Or what do you mean, mentioning it? Like, no, mentioned... it,
1: it was weird, because, mm-hmm. again, we were talking about Nick Cage. I'm like, oh, yeah, did you know that they had a, like, uh, supposedly they had a cover-up a Ghost Rider tattoo when, when Nick Cage was on the set of Ghost Rider, uh, because he's a Marvel fan, so he has this tattoo. Hmm. And so I'm mentioning this, and there's just, like, this awkward silence. I'm like, oh, they probably just don't like me. No, I
0: mean, I mean, they did not like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> if if it if did then yeah oh wow that is. Wild. Uh, no, I no I I
1: had no idea that the the cast of this little horror movie because because the, a lot of the main cast uh, or at least the a majority of the cast were locals. Um, you know there were there were people that responded to uh like, like I, I like I respond to a Craigslist ad, and so I I'm in this room and I don't know on site who whose other actors are so we're talking. And whatever. So I was like, so a lot of people were saying, oh, I had a small TV role in this. Oh, I, I did a commercial, you know, whatever. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is my, my first, you know, feature. Uh, I've done some stuff at school or whatever, but nothing uh, uh, this big. Uh, so I assumed everyone was kind of on, like, the, the local level with a couple bigger stars, I guess. And it didn't really, like, Robert Miano um, has 200 credits. Uh, he plays my characters. Dad, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh wait, what's his name?
0: Which guy? Rob? Who? Um, I'm, I'm hoping
1: I'm saying his name right. Robert Miano.
0: Is he that? Uh, is he that comedian guy? Kind of Italian? No, looking? he's. Oh, no. Um,
1: I could be horribly butchering his name. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have mm-hmm. not looked at the credits of the movie in in a, in a while. Um. Uh, uh, yeah, he's, he, he plays my character's dad. Oh, um, right.
0: yeah. Well, this uh, was, I know this was a bigger budget film, too. Like, uh, this is available on, was it, like, Tubi? Or you said, you told me before where it was available I want to see. Oh, yeah, it's streaming free somewhere. somewhere there's, uh, um,
1: there's a whole thing
0: about that.
1: Um, so, low, but, here's another tip for, uh, independent filmmakers. Uh, mm-hmm. low budget stuff make sure you find an entertainment lawyer hmm. um n- not not who just like tax law or or something find an entertainment lawyer find an agent find someone who's on your side legally because uh the director really got uh, and I, I don't know all the details but from what i understand he really got screwed on the um the the release of stuff and and i've heard that uh, a common enough thing for people to be wary about uh so just really make sure to have someone on your side legally so you make sure you're getting paid um
0: as you're you're getting all the royalties that you need hmm. yeah. do, you, do you have an entertainment lawyer right now or or no you just, uh, would you just want to i hire?
1: don't because mm-hmm. my projects are all uh, work in progress i mean i have things that are sitting on the shelf and stuff but i don't uh uh, I haven't gotten to the stage where I'm looking for someone yet, although I am working on some big projects. Um, Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yes, Get Gone is streaming on Tubi, Roku, and Voodoo for free.
0: Ooh, okay. I'll check that out soon. Maybe hanging out with uh, you. Yeah. I mean, you saw yeah, it. I'm in like free. two minutes of it. Oh, let me see what's, is it an enjoyable film besides that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't get in more trouble with the couple of us, you know. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's, it's not that. It's that it's, uh... It's, it, it... Let me officially say me and the entire uh, That Kev One Show is a huge Nick Cage fan. We love uh, <laughs> we Face Off. That's our favorite action film. And, uh... <laughs> I love that. Did you see the latest film he did with... Uh, one, maybe he does so many films. Maybe it's not his latest. But, um, the one where he plays himself with Pedro Pascal.
1: Oh, uh didn't get to see that uh you know i I think you're good i don't think he'd come after you because if he had if he had lawyers who come after you he would be able to pay off his tax
0: debts oh you said it not me (laughs) (laughs) i'm
1: I'm really hoping he doesn't have like a sick family member he's just trying to like raise money for that like i I would feel so bad if it was actually if that if he's just no i just love acting
0: He's like, I now own Pumpkin's Attack. You're like, I didn't own it before that, but I okay.
1: Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, uh, so the director wanted, um, to not have a lot of blood and gore,
0: and which means that it's a slasher movie that doesn't have a lot of blood and gore. Oh, you're talking about Pumpkin's Attack or Get Gone? Oh, no, sorry, sorry, get uh, gone? Get Gone. Get gone um, okay. Pumpkin's Attack I plenty of gore, that, that's fine. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> uh, I still might have the blood on me
1: minutes of your head but uh, blood coming out of your head no it's yeah so get gone um had that it had
0: uh some production problems near the end they, they didn't quite film everything they wanted uh oh uh it's that time bro uh they're set up and my tech danny is telling me they have time for just one song they the hit the bricks the road, of the bricks the road it's been a pleasure thanks so much for partaking in my chat show man
1: hey yeah thanks man it was uh fun to be on um yeah, have a have a good uh, have a good Halloween. Uh we'll talk to you soon. We we'll need to set up something uh start making movies.
0: Not for real. And now brought to you by T-Mobile the uncarrier, I proudly present Thompson Town Flowers featuring King Sis with their hit Bang Bang.
2: You shot me through the heart. Casting dice and roulettes. The game was set right from the start. I don't wanna go. I don't wanna know. I don't want it anymore. I don't wanna go. Don't wanna know. But I keep coming back for more. The crash it down in
0: Place before the WGA and SAG after strike. This portion of that Kev One show is supported by Bohemian Dream Gifts, made with organic and natural oils that nourish and hydrate your skin. Man, I don't know if it's the weather outside or the gym that was killing my skin because my right elbow on the uh, it itched like the Dickens, like I was becoming like the lizard from Marvel Comics. Um, I think it's that machine where you put your elbow in and do the lifts, you know, for the bicep. But uh, I was itching my skin like crazy during. A, well, I won't say who, cause I don't want them associated with rough skin with one of our guests <laughs> here in the near future. Here, <laughs> but my left, my right elbow was getting ashy and coming up, getting red and irritated. Anyway, I used some of the promotional cookie dough body oil from Bohemian Dream Gifts that they gave us, and my skin. I'm not kidding. Came back. I can vouch for that one. The cookie dough oil, baby body oil. The cookie dough body oil brought my skin back to life like an Evanescence song. I'm not kidding. My skin is smooth and happy again. 100%. You can buy cookie dough oil on Etsy at the Bohemian Dream Gifts Shop. Check out the other stuff as well, but that's one that I that I swear by now. <laughs> and as soon as my promotional one runs out, I'm going to order some myself. So go to Etsy and visit the Bohemian Dream Gifts Shop today. <laughs>